And we're honestly just going to get right into it. Uh, keep it high energy. Really make a nice podcast for you guys tonight. Uh, we got some real interesting things. Talk about some oil leaks, some offshore wind, and uranium mining. I'll start this uh, podcast off with the first ever California offshore wind auction uh, just went on. They ended the auction with a winning bid of $757 million. Uh, so this isn't anything unprecedented. They've had offshore wind uh, for a while, but the major uh difference in this is it's off the northern shore of California, which is where a lot of their stronger winds are. And the other bigger difference here is that the wind turbines will not be fixed to the ocean floor. They're going to be floating wind turbines. So this is, I'd say, just another step in the renewable energy ladder. They're, you know, trying more and more things to produce more energy as efficiently and as environmentally friendly as possible. This is part of the White House's agenda to address climate change. They're hoping to deploy 30 gigawatts of offshore wind energy by 2030, uh, which is enough to power 10 million homes. So pretty substantial numbers they're shooting for, I would say. Yeah, this is um, 757 million in bits. That's actually, that's a lot of a lot of space, right? It's, what was it, 300 yep. and some thousand acres? Yep. Um, and it's, I guess, they almost said it's a little bit underwhelming because earlier this year, they just auctioned off six offshore wind leases in New York and New Jersey for $4.37 billion. Uh, so mm. it's a little less than that, but it's because uh, of the floating, because a lot of the can't uh, fix it to the seabed. Yeah, I there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, criticism from me on this article. Uh, I mean, there's obviously some problems with wind. We all know with the bird deaths and that. And I'm not quite sure how that uh, is in, you know, the offshore. But I know on land, there's a lot of bird deaths that people are pretty concerned about but overall i'd say this is a win i mean we're making steps towards going green for our energy in the u.s which uh yeah i'm just glad to see it yeah i mean i guess we'll see what what happens as this gets underway and how long it takes to actually develop absolutely right because that's another thing is what kind of pace they're going to be on to actually put this in place and and get the energy uh produced right yeah the 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 timetable is always always interesting um i mean i'm definitely a bigger fan of offshore wind as opposed to offshore oil drilling so oh without a doubt yeah. yeah So anything that's, uh, you know, keeping the oil from spilling into the ocean, I'm all for.
there's a new uranium mine near the Grand Canyon National Park that's gearing up to begin production. That is the Pinion Plain Mine. It used to be called the Canyon Mine. It's located on federally recognized traditional cultural property of the Avasupai native tribe. It's pretty controversial. I can't imagine why. <laughs> right? Like uranium. I don't think I would want that to be, you know, extracted from the ground near where I live. It, um, it's also in the Grand Canyon of all places. One of our national right. parks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I don't know. I think it's sounds like it's the state environmental agency um, Arizona that is the uh, approver of this but yeah a lot of residents near the Grand Canyon and the members of the Havasupai uh, tribe and their leaders are have been opposing uranium mining for decades for a very long time it threatens the tribe's only source of drinking water um, where the mine's located uh, and there's a long history of contamination of ground and water um, from uranium mining in that region. There's hundreds of abandoned mines that are still waiting to be cleaned up. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that after this. There's a good ProPublica article about uh, Cold War era uranium mining. But this this mine alone, over... 49 million gallons of groundwater that's been highly contaminated with uranium and arsenic has been pumped out of the mine shaft during this kind of gear up phase. So, I mean, like uranium and arsenic are coming or going into this groundwater from this mining process. You know, uranium pretty self-explanatory, the dangers of that, but arsenic, I don't know if, we've released any episodes talking about that but arsenic's like a, a, a main component in a lot of you know the most dangerous pesticides in history um so pretty carcinogen too right yeah yeah heavy metal um just you know pretty devastating to have that in groundwater drinking water um there is a law currently sitting at the senate it's the grand canyon protection act and if it were passed it would ban new mines from opening on one million acres of federal land near the grand canyon however it doesn't stop existing mines like this pinion plane uh, from operating uh, and the law has actually passed the house of reps twice the senate hasn't done anything on it they still, um, at this point, only have a few weeks left to act on it before they lose that opportunity. What do they say? The old sitting Senate? They just sit on it and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's like, what, 51 to 49 now? Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't really expect much to happen from it, but... Did I mention there's 600 active mine claims staked uh, near the Grand Canyon? No. Holy shit. Uh, So, you know, those are new mine claims. Like, there's potential for 600 
mines to start up for uranium mining so that um, would be blocked by that act then is what it would be blocked by that act. okay um however you know if that act doesn't pass that leaves it wide open for all these mines um and you know further destruction of this national park of this uh you know water sources for native tribes i think the navajo tribe is another one that's been heavily impacted by uranium mining other groups that have joined the havasupai tribe in opposing this is the sierra clubs grand canyon chapter and the center for biological diversity uh really urging congress to act on it i mean what else can you really do i mean it seems like time and time again these communities that don't want these things happening um just have to kind of endure it anyways right uh regardless of you know who they're talking to if the state environmental agency is not going to do anything then why would the the federal government uh but there was yeah another article related to kind of the history of uranium um, mining in the united states was from propublica a very detailed article i kind of wanted to to just ease into that one from this one um and then you know kind of talk about the impacts of nuclear energy and the arguments for and against uh, you know nuclear as kind of a an entity in itself but um yeah the u.s has a, has a long history of you know spanning back to the cold war era of uranium mining and toxic dumping coming from uranium mines 250 millions of of tailings which is a byproduct of of uranium milling of, of grinding or in the chemical concentration of uranium uh, 250 million tons have uh, contaminated communities and, and streams from the processing of material 84 percent of former mining sites have polluted groundwater uh, and only 75 percent or excuse me 75 percent have no or only partial lining um, in the mines which you know the lining is what protects uh, the ground and, and groundwater from having uh, toxic material leak into it right in this article it um kind of outlines how cleanups are often hampered by regulatory agencies fighting amongst each other and within each other and and even regulatory agencies exempting uh their own water quality standards when it comes to the cleanups of these mines and then of course you know the area these mines are in have dramatically higher rates of cancer and cancer risks um this this states utah and new mexico these are uh grand canyon states right like like this is where it's happening this is where they're opening new mines and this is the history uh of the kind of health issues that are going on in these regions right yeah the one thing i was going to add to this it's like I feel like you never hear mine closes down and there's no contamination or pollution after the fact. 
it's almost always that these ab- abandoned mines turn into uh, super fun sites, if I'm right on that. That's what I've always kind of understood is a lot of them go into becoming super fun sites because they're just so dirty. I mean, just like I mean, <laughs> you, you're saying, Zach, that that one, they were just getting it ready to go and it was already flushing uranium and arsenic into the water. Uh, yeah, and that's just kind of the nature the nature of mining, right? Especially right. a material like uranium. Uh, I don't know how you would even avoid cross-contamination you know, or, or, or like just uh, having it classified as a Superfund site, right? Like if, Exactly. If, how, does that, <laughs> how does that ever just, you know, how are you ever just like, okay, this land is fine now. It's not. It's they're using crazy, you know, machinery, and they're really rooting things up. And there's going to yeah. be uranium left over. It just happens, right? In the environment, and the ground, and the groundwater. Mm-hmm. Um, with, yeah, and that kind of brings me to to this the point I want to make on the nuclear debate, whether it's for energy, uh, which you know has its, I think it has its merits as an argument. Uh, nuclear energy yep very efficient um you could make the argument that it has less of an the at least the the energy production side right has less of an impact on the environment than you know definitely than uh fossil fuels but when it comes to you know taking up space and things um it might have less of an impact than clean energy um but yeah then you have to also consider is this uranium just going towards energy is it going towards nuclear weapons uh do people want it to be going towards nuclear weapons Uh, i would say probably not and then the waste argument right oh yeah i think and that's one of the kind of the biggest detractors when it comes to that debate is what do you do with the waste uh and i think I think most people are under the belief that uh, nuclear waste is fairly easy to control, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you have the, this uranium, plutonium, whatever you're, you're using in these nuclear reactors, uh, and then there's processes you follow to safely, you know, dispose of it, keep it separate from the environment, right? Well, that's like post processing there's all this other waste that's mentioned in this article whether it's mining or the actual processing milling waste that you have to worry about as well uh and that is clearly not as easy to control than you know whatever going what what they're putting in these drums and shipping into you know storage warehouses in the desert where it sits forever um yeah, because the biggest thing there's nothing you can do with that waste right yeah and, and i think a lot of that has to do with maybe the ability or the efficacy of the companies that are doing this like the the mining companies the processing companies um their ability to do it in a way that is responsible 
or you know a way that is safe enough to prevent some kind of disaster um like you know releases into aquifers things like that because it can't even really be done with fossil fuels and they'll talk about that uh, in a minute here but yeah don't worry we'll get to that <laughs> but uh i mean this is like this is radioactive material right um i think there i mean i certainly have no trust that uh that a, a, a corporation seeking profit um can effectively avoid that kind of thing for you know forever or for you know until it runs out the the supply runs out or, or whatever whatever it comes to i don't trust them and i don't trust you know regulatory agencies for that matter to be able to prevent you know releases into uh communities into the environment of radioactive material yeah i 100 percent agree it's just like yes this private companies they're i'm sure they have to have some sort of waste management plan for this uranium that they're using at the energy plants right but you know come 100 years from now that waste is still there it doesn't it takes thousands of years correct to actually become not radioactive anymore so those companies aren't around when that material actually is able to be decommissioned or whatever the proper terminology is uh i just feel yeah. like they typically kind of expect i guess the taxpayers to kind of step up and oh now you guys just deal with that waste uh that company's gone now they you know kick the bucket the you know the people that ran it before they made a shitload of money on us and now we deal with the problem which is the waste yeah and at that point you know who do you hold responsible for damages if things you know do get released into aquifers and people are getting cancer and then it's found out that it's from this waste that wasn't managed properly or you know there's the degradation of the the management process uh and if that company's not around anymore bankrupt whatever it is yeah how yeah do you, how do you hold anyone accountable you can't so then it hold it's just on the american people yet again exactly yeah I, th I feel like that's where any argument for nuclear loses all of its steam <laughs> yeah i mean for me that's kind of that's what holds me back from really supporting it at all because i do understand the the energy demand side of it right where it produces a lot more energy um it's just the potential for uh, absolutely just disastrous effects from negligence right that we see all the time in other sectors of the the energy economy or other economies right um yeah so it makes it very hard for me to to fully support nuclear as like a, a viable option for alternative to fossil fuel yeah because i guess i, don't I mean the good part fossil fuels but at least in my mind for fossil fuels there are mitigation efforts being made with nuclear it's okay we've just created this waste and it right. is going to sit in this barrel for eternity <laughs> and i guess what i'm 
Yeah, what I'm more referring to is like the the episode the uh, sorry the article you just went over mm. with wind energy, right? There's yep. I don't think there's any reason at this point in time to support nuclear over renewables as re- renewables continue to grow um, and become more efficient and uh, technology in renewables advances to go into nuclear and then legitimize that risk uh, I don't know for me it, it's not worth it yeah 100% agree Moving on to our final article for tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, it has sprung a leak and has shut down. So the Keystone Pipeline, uh, I'm sure everyone's heard about it. It was a huge point of contention. A lot of people didn't want it to run in the first place, didn't want anything to do with it. Um, but since it's been operating, uh, there's been approximately 22 spills that have occurred just in this pipeline just in this pipeline so the it is a little bit misleading i will say because they do report anything that like happens so some of the spills are 15 gallons 10 gallons 30 gallons whatever it might have been so i i think that's important to read and know that it has spilled that much but to me it's at least a little bit less of an issue uh the current one however that uh, has just been identified they actually have no idea how much oil has been spilled uh, <laughs> so that sounds like it, a bad sign yeah. yeah and they've also said that this is they're going to need at least a day or two to or day and a half to get the data of how much oil was dis- discharged so another to me either it's going to be completely underreported as to what actually happened. They're going to, you know, maybe try and lessen the blow of what actually happened or I don't know, just like a time buying effort on this corporation. Um, cool. So I guess the pipeline, is it like owned by one corporation or yeah. is it by? Okay. So this is uh, the TC energy oil pipeline okay uh which it's kind of trans canada okay right yeah yep so there's a lot of obviously you know junctions because it goes all the way from canada all the way down to texas and there's even a split in there that sends part of it to uh missouri kansas in that area as well so it, it goes pretty far all over the United States. Um, but I also want to make a quick side note. This isn't to be confused with the Keystone XL pipeline. This is just the Keystone pipeline, which is a little bit different, <laughs> which of course it makes it, you know, so fucking confusing for anyone to keep up with. Right. Uh, so can you explain the difference between the two the keystone xl is an expansion on the keystone 
So it is, they calling it the phase four of this Keystone pipeline. I'm going to call it system, um, which was originally uh, proposed, looks like back in like 2015-ish. Okay, so so XL is actually the little brother of the Keystone. It is. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like I don't like know, like a cousin, or it's like a it's like no, a. It's son. just like they're like adding an arm to Keystone, oh, okay. like little like I don't know. <laughs> He's just getting another arm. <laughs> oh, uh, but originally this was delayed temporarily by President Barack Obama, and then. 2017, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump uh, took action to complete the pipeline. And then in 2021, Biden revoked the permit that granted TC Energy. Uh, well, that's nice. That's, that's great. For. So they have abandoned their plans for the XL at this point, which seems like a pretty dang good thing if they've already had just in what 12 years 22 spills uh i mean i'll have to i'll send this article to you as well zach but they i mean they range anywhere from like i said like 10 gallons all the way up to half a million gallons of oil being spilled uh so who knows even if they just ramped up the production and the but yeah so it's it's kind of uh, a very, I would say, breaking news. Uh, I mean, it just was identified on Wednesday night is when they ended up shutting it down, uh, December 7th of 2022. Mm. So they're just really in kind of like, I'd say, scramble mode right now um, of to try and make sure that this, uh, you know, spill is contained. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Randy Hubbard, the Washington County Emergency Management Coordinator, said there's been no evacuations because the break happened in a rural area in the middle of a pasture. Uh, But however, there is a creek nearby and he had no idea what the name of that creek was or any of the bodies of water that would flow into. So sure, it's in a pasture, but there's also a creek right there. which could flow into any number of things. And this emergency management coordinator had no idea what that would, what that uh, creek even what or is named or where it could flow. Uh, so what the actual impact of this oil spill could be. The, oh, the picture looks hilarious. Uh, you guys should look at the picture in the article. It makes the creek look like a ditch <laughs> almost, doesn't it? Is that the creek that they're talking about? Uh, I don't I don't know if that so, is. But it says this just like a truck seen driving past the Keystone pumping station. Pumping but I feel station. like it's like a way like almost to, I don't know, in my head, like I was like, I thought they would actually show a picture of the creek, right? That it's nearby. Right. Yeah, uh, if anything got into it, yeah, I but guess. But no, it's, it's just like it kind of makes it look to me a little bit. It's, it seems like they're kind of downplaying it a little That's bit. That's what it, I mean, yeah, it's like a ditch, I guess, filled with oil. Yeah. Is, it, is that what it is? Um, but it's not a big ditch or anything. It's like it looks like it rained the night before and it's drying up, right? Like, yeah, it, 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 to me, it looks like they're completely trying to be like, ah, there's a little oil guy in here. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's all the oil that 
came out of it, uh, I have a hard time believing that would be enough to shut down the pipeline. Right. Right. So I I I think that's the whole thing. It's, uh, you know, that's just the nature of oil pipelines is that they do spill and they leak. (laughs) Right. This is kind of like article seems like a downplay for sure from the hill. I Um, mean, the fact that they're even saying like, we don't have any idea how much oil spill is like, yeah, it's kind of like an article that just doesn't have any of the information you actually want. (laughs) None of the facts are really in here except where it happened, when it happened. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. They're just, it's kind of a garbage article that I have picked for tonight. Um, and I, I did kind of think of that as I was picking, I was like, this looks hilarious. <laughs> the picture. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, just, I mean, it's not a bad thing to pick this, right? Because right. it kind of shows how, how kind of ridiculous this reporting is. And, and I mean, this is a bit, this is a mainstream publication. Uh, it is right. I would have higher expectations for the Hills reporting on something like this. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just the information is out there, but none of the facts that you want with it. Yeah. Okay. And it also reminds me of a book. Have you ever heard of the book, how to blow up a pipeline? No, <laughs> no, I'm not on I've, your Anne Hart is cookbook uh, okay whoa, whoa 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 do not call me an anarchist all right too late uh <laughs> that's like but it's like it's basically uh it argued it argues for industrial sabotage as climate activism so like publishing this article is kind of like just feels like an homage kind of like yeah, all you got to really do is uh, blow up a pipeline to shut it down. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the uh, environmental implications of blowing up a pipeline are not. I do not recommend good. Go do this. <laughs> and yeah, right. This is not. This is not a call to action. Not life uh, advice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like we kind of unknowingly had a thematic episode tonight. Uh, really talking about energy and risk falls of <laughs> yeah yeah of these energies um, but yeah I, I i will definitely keep an eye out to see if they uh say how many uh gallons of oil were spilled at this spill uh, let you guys know and maybe just a quick update in a future episode but that's all I have really to say about this one. I don't know about you, Zach. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> all right. Let us let us know. Yeah, I will. That does it for this episode of Poison for Profits. It was a pleasure talking to you, Nick. Good talking with you as well, Zach. Uh, a new microphone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I'm hoping 
This really boosts our plays. Like the, the sweet, silky sound of my voice through this microphone. Uh, <laughs> uh, one announcement, at least. Um, the week of Christmas, we will not be releasing an episode. We'll both be with family. And that's really what's most important, isn't it? Exactly. I hope you guys all have a good uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever holiday you might celebrate this time of year. But just spend time with your family and have a good uh, holiday. Yep. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter. Uh, link it in the show notes. Same with the Gmail. Always, you know, feel free to send us articles, takes on articles, whatever you want to send us that's tasteful. Go ahead and send us. <laughs> Honestly, if it's not tasteful too, we'll take it at this point. Just a little commentary back and forth would be nice with you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> keep it to commentary though. Keep it to commentary. Don't you know? I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> leave it unlimited on things people can send us. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, keep but it yeah. on topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Please. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Earlier today, I spoke with a woman who lives in this area who said she could smell the oil from town. I'm a mile or so away from the site and I can say the smell is not much better. Last night, there's an oil spill from the Keystone Pipeline into the Mill Creek, 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 into the Mill Creek.